turn your Bibles with me to Psalm 32 in our thoughts this morning. Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. I think the King James Version says, is no guile. And the reason why it is Deceit here is because I had quoted from the New King James, and I'll tell you why. This is the first of three morning meditations brought from Psalm 32 in our recent outreach ministry in Memberi, where I use mostly the New King James. But we pray that it will be a means of encouragement to God's people and a source of exhortation to others who are not God's people. Today, there's a cliche among many people who often say, be blessed, or stay blessed, or I am blessed. I don't know what that means, but when this cliche is used, it immediately revealed to us one's affiliation, one's religious affiliation. You can tell what denomination they're coming from and what perspective they have. Please don't follow cliches. People do not know what they're saying when they say, I'm blessed. And I hope you're not like that that throw wrong words in the Bible. You don't know what they mean. God's blessings are never measured materially. They're measured in one's spiritual standing with God. The word describes a state of well-being. Actually, it can be translated happy. Happy is the man whose God is the Lord. This word is really a perfect tense word. Like Spurgeon said about the one who is blessed, and I quote, he is now blessed and ever shall be, but ever so poor or sick or sorrowful, he is blessed in very deed. Mr. Spurgeon said that. It's a good definition. This blessing is not thrown around or listed as we hear today. David tells what it is to be blessed in the first two verses of Psalm 32. And then he goes on to share his personal testimony why he's blessed. You should follow this psalm carefully. As I said, it was the first of three Bible studies I did at Memberi. 
And I just want you to know that we do not go down there and throw anything at people. The word bless is a plural, it's in the plural form. And it literally reads, blessings, transgressions forgiven, sins covered. So it sounds in the original. God has covered the sins of the blessed with his righteousness. Think of that. You see why we should not throw around this word and bless? People do great damage to the word of God. Don't follow cliches. Many try to cover their sins with their own righteousness. They're not blessed. David is speaking from a personal experience. He uses the singular. Blessed is he. But he's also speaking in a general sense. Why we can say this with assurance is because the Apostle Paul quoted this psalm when he was teaching on the beautiful doctrine of justification. And you know this. He was showing how the Lord justifies the ungodly without works, saying, even as David also describeth the blessedness, here's the world, plural, of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. Romans chapter 4, 6 through 8, verse 7 says, saying, blessed are they. Here, Paul uses the plural, whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. You and I can know this blessedness. You can know this blessedness. Here in Romans, the apostle uses that word in the plural, plural or not the singular. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, forgiven. God's blessings are reserved for those whose sins are covered. Don't just throw around this word if they don't refer to you. God's blessings are not material blessings, but spiritual. The apostle puts it wonderfully in Ephesians in that doxology. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. That's where God's blessings are found, in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Ephesians 1, 3 and 4. We call this, this word blessed, eulogos. Get the word eulogy. 
in that we say good things about God because God has said good things about us. Bless it. Ah, yes. It's a blessed eulogy that belongs to all of God's people, including David, who was a man after God's own heart. He knew what it meant to be forgiven. He sinned grievously to know forgiveness, one must know what they are forgiven from. A lot of people don't know what, I'm forgiven, they don't know what they're forgiven from. And that's why they use this word loosely. David sinned grievously against God. And this psalm was probably penned sometime after he was mourning over his sin for days. We read these words in Psalm, in 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 13. And the prophet came, the vehicle God used in this man's life. We should pay attention. David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also have put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Here in Psalm 32, David rejoices over the forgiveness of sins. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered. David might have been talking about a particular sin where he transgressed the law. You and I have many transgressions. We can divide these few verses into the following parts. First, by observing the one who is blessed. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. The word forgiven means to take away, taken away. We said that though the psalmist uses the singular, he, this can refer to anyone that is in a state of grace. God has taken away their sins. What, what a, what a, what, I don't know, what a, sometimes it is too good to be true. But God has forgiven me. But based on what the scripture says, I can with certainty say that he has taken away my sin. And the attitude that he has given me towards sin and myself up to this morning, I was saying, I was praying, and I was saying how I offended God. I didn't know. I just didn't know that my life was a ruin. I didn't know. God has to open your eyes, brethren, to show you that you are headed for ruin without Christ. Some people can do a good job of pretending 
These are not days to pretend and say bless and bless. No, you're not blessed if your sins are not covered. <clears throat> we must not throw around this word. Many people throw it around, blessing, bless. Have no idea what they're saying. To be blessed of God has nothing to do with one's social or economic status. In fact, those who are socially and materially thriving, as the song that we sung said, doesn't know what it means to be blessed. Psalm 92, 7. The Bible says when the wicked flourish, it is but for a season. Mary, you remember, the one God used to give Jesus his humanity said, for he have regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. To use this word. Why was Mary called blessed? Well, Mary saw her low estate. She was a poor teenage girl, probably, that could not even offer a lamb for purification after Jesus was born. All she had was a pair of turtle doves. The poorest of the poor offered that offering. Yet Mary could say that she was blessed. As a matter of fact, she was called highly favored. That's every believer. As Paul used the word differently, accepted in the beloved. You see why we shouldn't be following the herd with this nonsense, I am blessed and be blessed. They don't know what they're saying. Only the child of God has the right to say that. Stay away from these cliches and set the record straight with your friends. The one who is blessed will always be poor in spirit, not pompous and haughty. Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs the kingdom of God, salvation. Most people who say they are blessed are not poor in spirit, but haughty, arrogant, know it all, and blessed. So, the one who is blessed, the one who is poor in spirit. But we consider the person who blesses. The person. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. It is the Lord who blesses. No one else. It is the Lord who declares one blessed. Not the priest. Not a system of religion. Not the rosary. Or the prayers of the saints. 
It is the Lord himself. Church, major denomination where Helaman died and induct him in the hall of saints. And the man is probably rotten in hell. No man can pronounce a person blessed. No matter what office he holds, the person who blesses is God. He's, he, he is the superior one, the mm -hmm. holy one, the righteous one, the eternal one. But the next thing we see in this psalm as we try to bring this thought to us this morning is the path, the path or the pathway to blessing. The psalmist points us to two things in verses three through five, showing us the pathway to this spiritual blessing of forgiveness of sins. And this is something that those who are not in a state of grace should consider. One, the first one is conviction. When I talk about conviction, I don't mean when the police arrest us and we are convicted of a crime. I'm talking about the conviction that the Holy Spirit brings on people that he's drawing to himself. Verses three and four. When I kept silence, my bones wax all through my roaring all the day long. For day and night, my hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. You ever had, uh, you ever had sleepless nights because of, you, you sinned grievously I know maybe during the day, maybe maybe you almost take off your wife's head by snapping at her, and, and or you did something, or even getting a common summons for, for running a light. You, you, you ever had sleepless nights worrying about what you did, uh, or even something worse, wondering how, how could I have done that? How could, how could I have, have been a call myself a child of God and did something like that. You ever had those nights? I don't think I'm that bad that it's only me that have those nights. Well, if you don't have them, something is wrong. No Christian can really nearly break the law and sleep happy about it. We got too much cavalier Christianity going on, but okay. The psalmist is showing the path, conviction. After David committed sin, he faced a life of, of uneasiness, days of mourning. And today, conviction of sin in the church is scarce. Paul says that men have become past feeling. Ephesians 4. Blessings begin with conviction in the guilty part. They began to be sorry for their deeds. I'm not saying that 
we're going to rehatch the past or go around with a long face. I'm not saying that. It's not external, and some people can do a good job externally, like a child that tries to show mom a, a face of remorse. And there's no remorse inwardly. Paul said, Godly sorrow brings repentance, but the sorrow of the world brings death. Conviction is a path. The blessing. The second path that followed is confession. Verse 5. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity I have not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgivest the iniquity of my sin. To confess is to say the same thing. We got a lot of words going on. A redefinition of sin. People living together without being married. They call it something that my, my partner. Two men. My domestic partner. The Bible has something to say about that. In the book of Leviticus. Madness, foolishness, gross rebellion. Children leaving home at a tender age. The confessors to say the same thing God says. We do not say to God, forgive me of my mistakes. Sins are more serious than a mistake. David called them transgression. Missing the mark of perfection. We have violated the holy law of God. And men must agree with God. That's what confession is. A beautiful psalm to meditate on this morning, brethren. You keep hearing me saying again and again, we have become too casual in this church. And it comes here on the pulpit as well. So the person whom receives blessing from God is man. The one, the one who receives blessing from God is man. The person who blesses is Christ. The path to follow. The three, but I just want to limit it to conviction, confession. And finally, in winding down, we see the procedure, the common procedure to follow. Verse 6, this is the last text I offer. And as I said, this was the first of three. And, and this is basically what I, I bring before you today. Procedure we all must follow. The psalm says, For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. I, I visited with someone in the hospital last week, and 
I said to them, to, to, to that individual, a few simple words. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Sometimes when God puts you on your bed, looking up at the ceiling, it is a time to seek God while he may be found. People spend all their years in the pew and they leave this world without assurance. Seek the Lord. And, and sometimes it is better, Charlie, when you go to look for people, let your words be few. Some of us talk too much rubbish to the dying soul. Is any among you sick? Then call for the elders of the church. And what they do? They point oil, not a jar of oil, but the healing balm of Gilead. Procedure. The wonderful thing about the Lord's blessings is that there are not, or there is not, one procedure for the wealthy and another procedure for the poor. You and I would not make it. The psalmist says, for this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. These words, of, of course, imply to us that the great Savior may not always be found. We must not take it for granted that every Sunday we come here that the Holy Spirit will speak to us. Don't take it for granted. Remember what Sam Samson said? He said, I will get up and shake one more time, but he, he did not know that the Spirit had departed from him. Once too often, Samson trifled and sinned. And he thought that he was going to get up and shake himself like other times. But he did not know that God has ceased to speak to him. And people will come here and they, will, they don't even know that God has ceased convicting them of sin. Nothing happens. Water on a duck's back rolls off. I wouldn't want to come to a stage, brother, when God's Holy Spirit does not address my soul from the preach word. Isaiah 55 calls us to seek the Lord while he may be found. The words for this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee is a reference to what the psalmist said in verse 5. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgression unto the Lord. This is what he's referring to. To acknowledge is close to confess. Today we would say we own up to something we did. This shall everyone that is godly pray unto 
unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Today is the day of salvation. I said this psalm is an encouragement to God's people, but it serves as an exhortation to those who are not God's people. And then the psalmist says in the final thought, surely in the floods of great waters there shall not come nigh unto him. Psalmist refers probably, and Spurgeon, Spurgeon holds this position, to the flood of great waters that would not drown the blessed one. This may be referring to, to judgment as he put reference to the flood. But I am not certain if that is the proper way. Maybe Brother Frank can help me with that. But I think this is a reference that surely the floods of great water shall not come nigh unto him. It's referring to judgment on the final day that the believer would be saved from. Um, and, and by the way, this is part of God's blessings to his people, that we are spared the wrath of God. That's what it means to be blessed, mm -hmm. brethren. Mm -hmm. So we should be also careful in repeating cliches to our friends be blessed, I'm blessed. In Psalm 32, David describes the one who is blessed, those whose sins are taken away. David shows the person who blesses the Lord Jesus. Do we know him? Blessed is the man whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no deceit. Remember what Jesus said to Nathaniel in John chapter one, behold an Israelite indeed, there is no guile. And, and an Israelite indeed is the child of God. Jesus wasn't saying, oh, this is a true Jew from the stock of Abraham. No, he's an Israelite indeed. Because in his spirit, there is no guile, no deceit. Way back, the Lord Jesus point out one of his own, Nathaniel. To be blessed is to know the Savior. So therefore, brethren, in our thought this morning, we want to consider the first six verses in Psalm 32. Hopefully, and I said it was one of three, hopefully if the Lord give us an opportunity, we'll be mindful of the other part of the psalm.